yeah, joyful music, joyful music. Well, welcome to Notes from Above, the program that explores the intersection of uh, music and faith, and I am your co-host, Deacon Tom Lowy. And I'm the other co-host, Sister Sarah Burdick. And guess who produced this show? I know. Who I did. know. I it's, did. It is I, you, <clears throat> yes. I did this. Um, Sister, you Deacon. always surprise me. I know. It's so it's much fun. It's an ever-surprising thing. Oh, it's yeah. so much fun. Um, so... The reason I wanted to do this particular show, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it in honor of my father, oh, nice. Robert Marcus Burdick. Did everybody call him Robert or did they call him Bob? Bob. Bob, call him Bob. Bob Burdick, okay. Yeah, we just, um, he died on November 13th, 2004. Oh. So, yeah, I've been thinking a lot about my dad. And the reason I chose this song is because... <clears throat> Um, my father wanted this played at his funeral. <laughs> the entertainer. What a good guy. I like him right my, now. My dad. Yeah. I mean, I wish you could have met him, Deacon Tom. You would have loved my dad. Um, but we were talking this one day, and he goes, you know, I, I really like Scott Joplin. I want the entertainer. I want Maple Leaf Rag. And I said, Dad, we can't do that. And he said, why not? And I said, well, because people will come into the church, and they're going to think they're at an ice cream parlor, and where do I get the hot fudge sundaes, and where do I get, you know? Anyway, but he wanted he wanted people to be joy-filled yeah right so anyway i i too i love i love ragtime and this is an incredible song so what we're going to hear is my father's top three favorite songs so it's this one which is the entertainer and when people hear that they probably think oh the movie the sting Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i believe that the movie made that song kind of famous that's right and then Maple Leaf Rag, and then Solace. So we're going to hear those three songs in the first half, and then there's one other song that's not going to be ragtime. It'll okay. be something else okay. that'll be coming up. Well, now, now maybe we should ask about your dad. Yes. Um, uh, so uh, he would have been... Um, now, now, did he did he serve in the in the armed forces? Yes, he did. Tell he, me about that. He served. Uh, he was an 82nd Airborne. He was airborne. Airborne. My Eight, dad was airborne really? too. Really? Yeah. 80? Well, he wasn't 82nd. He was uh, 11th Airborne. Okay. But, uh, out in the South Pacific, 82nd was in 82nd the, Airborne. In, was in the jumped, European theater. Jumped into Holland. Um, oh my! You know, and I asked him. You know, my father really didn't talk about the war. Yeah, they never do. He he had a brother, my uncle Will. <clears throat> he served under General Patton. He drove tanks. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote a book, which was called "What Did You Do in the War, Grandpa?" And my huh. father, but my father didn't want to talk about it. But yeah. I asked him. I said, "So, Dad, when you, you know, how many times did you jump out of the plane?" He goes, "I didn't jump. They pushed me out." <laughs> so yes, that, that's what he said. That's right. My dad used to say. Never, ever jump out of a perfectly good airplane. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, he, um, you know, blessed be God, he survived uh, the war. I think he made a deal with God. Okay. I think, uh, you know, there was, he was in the Battle of the Bulge. Oh, my God. He survived the Battle of the Bulge. He also, um, there was a time when he jumped into a foxhole and there was a guy underneath him in the Mm. foxhole and that man died. Yeah. Um, And I believe, I mean, what my father said to me was, that what he said to God at that time, get me out of this and I'll follow you. Get me out of this alive and I will follow you. Wow. And he, he made true to his promises. And my father, um, he converted to Catholicism after he married my mom. He really loved the Lord. You know, I, I used to tell my dad, Dad, it's your fault that I'm, re- I'm living a religious life. <laughs> it's your fault, Dad. But I loved it because, um, Especially like Saturday mornings, he'd be going out the door. Dad, where are you going? I'm going to go see my friend, is how he put it. And he was going to Mass. Going to Mass. He was going to Mass. And then, you know, of course, I'm like, 
Dad, can I go with you? Okay, I kind of had an ulterior motive when I was a kid because I knew that if we went to Mass, then it meant go out to breakfast with Dad. It might be the rolling pin, it might be, or donuts or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But my dad was, he was very devout. He, um, he was a funny guy, too. He had uh-huh. a great sense of humor. I'm trying to carry on that legacy as much as I can. Sure, sure. Um, now, did your, your, your dad and mom got married after the war. Yes. Now, what was, did your dad have a career? Of, uh, what, yes. what did he do? You know, it's interesting. He wanted to be an engineer. Okay. And what people told him during that time, they said, engineers are a dime a dozen. Do something else. So, and actually, he wanted to go into the restaurant business. But he realized that if he did that, it would be hard to raise a family. That's right. So he ended up going into, he was a, um, an inspector for fire insurance. So that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. Um, how but many he provided is we? How many, how many seven kids? Seven kids. Seven kids. Where are you in the seven? I am number five. <laughs> the best. The best. <laughs> no. Okay. So, you know, um, five girls right in a row. Then my brother, okay, my favorite brother, and yeah. then another sister. So, yeah, seven kids. Don't feel sorry for my brother, and I hope my brother's listening to this because I trained him not to be a sissy. But anyway, but I don't want to go Good into that. Good for you, that. sister. Yeah, I trained yeah. him. I yeah. trained him. But my dad, you know, I I love him. I miss him. He's just a good guy. Yeah. You know what? Wow. And you know what? He's very much alive. Right. You know, I believe I believe my father's in heaven. I you know, he made it. Many years ago, I don't know, I'm not going to tell you how many, but there were several years ago, we did a, a program, uh, I think it was uh, uh, for Memorial Day, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and we did a, yes. a patriotic music. Mm-hmm. And um, you, um, uh, and, and I can give them back to you if you need them, but uh, you gave me um, a couple of recordings of patriotic music right. that belonged to, to your dad. Yeah, you can keep those. I still have those in my... That's good. Oh, in it your is collection. Good. It's good music, yeah. And, yeah. and, and yeah. I will periodically go and listen to it because That's there's good, good stuff on it. But yeah, so he he had a love for music then too, huh? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Do you he know really do did. you know why? Was it was there something that was he a, a player or a no, singer? Or was no, he, he really didn't sing. He really didn't play any instruments. Okay. I mean, not that I know of. I don't think he did, but right. he really he did. Yeah, he enjoyed music. I guess he did. Yeah. Should we go on to our next selection? Sure. The next song. This is also a Scott Joplin song. You like Scott Joplin? I love Scott Joplin. Yeah, I do I, too. I, I looked him up. I got some information about him, but I won't go into. We'll, we'll play the music, and then on the sure. other side, we'll talk a little about Scott too. Right. So the next song is called Maple Leaf Rag, and then I'm going to tell a story after we hear oh, this song. Oh, yeah. Song. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. All right.
yeah. There we go. That's the Maple Leaf Rag. That's Scott Joplin. 1899 was when that thing was written, and it became a major hit for him. It, it, it kept him alive for the remainder of his life. Yeah. King of Ragtime. I King, think of ragtime. King of Ragtime. King of Ragtime. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to tell you a little story. Okay. So <clears throat> my father died uh, November 13th, 2004. So I was I was with him when he passed away. Okay. And my dad used to say, you know, when it's time for me to go, I'm not going to be lying around in some bed waiting to die. I'm just going to go. And that's exactly what he did. Really? I mean, he, he died of um, pulmonary fibrosis. Your yeah. father died of the same thing. That's right. I, I, think, thing. I think those guys are, are probably hanging out in, oh, with each other in yeah. heaven. You and know. I, I'm guessing they're not smoking cigarettes. <laughs> 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 I don't think they're doing that. No, no. Uh-uh. So, but anyway, um, even the, the funeral director said, he went really quickly. You know, apparently you can hang on for a long time in a condition like this. Mm-hmm. And so my dad, I didn't know this part until my sister told me that um, he said this one day, he said, okay, I, I, I can't get out of bed today. And he was gone less than a week later. Wow. So, you know, and he always said, I'm not afraid to die. I think he really knew where he was going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He just didn't want to leave my mom, you know. We're yeah, like, Dad, we're, we're sure, gonna sure. we're gonna take care of her, yeah, you know. And we did, yeah. but okay. So he dies on the thirteenth. By the time you know, we weren't able to have the funeral until about the eighteenth, which can be a long time. And I thought, okay, I was in Jackson uh, at the time, so I thought, okay, I'm gonna go back to Ann Arbor. I got to go back to the mother house. I want to get recharged, right? <clears throat> so. As I'm driving back, I'm not making this up. As I'm driving back into Ann Arbor, I thought, okay, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna distract myself a little bit because, you know, I just listened to the radio, had a classical music station on, and I was literally coming up to the place. I knew that my my father wanted to be cremated, and we were coming up to the place where he was cremated, and I knew where it was. It was mm-hmm. here in Ann Arbor. And as I'm coming up to that area by that intersection, on the radio, they say, we're going to play Scott Joplin's top three hits, The Entertainer, Maple Leaf Rag, and Solace. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. I was at a red light. I I wanted to put my window down and yell to the next person, put your radio on this. Tell me, are you hearing this? I couldn't believe it. So I thought, okay, okay, I'm just going to. Take some time to listen. I pulled in the parking lot of this mm-hmm. crematorium. That might sound sick, but but I, it was it was actually it was comforting. Right. Yeah. It was comforting. It was right. You know, yeah. and um, in a way, it was my dad playing a joke on me. Yeah. Did you he know? do that a lot? Yes. He did. I, yes, yeah, that was I, a quick answer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And he continues to do that. But um, so that that really happened. And um, maybe I'll I'll set up the next song here. Okay. Um, so the next song, I'm going to go backwards now. Okay. to a song called Solace, and this is also by Scott Joplin. Um, so I'll never forget this. I was with, as I said, I was with my father when he passed away. I really wanted to be there when he crossed that finish line, okay? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> my youngest sister, Tina, was also there. Um, we were there with my mom. And if you can picture it, when, you know, after he passed away, my sister's like, oh, we, we should put some music on, We you know, just to kind of, help us and, you know, deal with this. So we put on Solace. And remember, I told you, when I came back into Ann Arbor, what are they playing? Mm -hmm. This was one of the songs. So we were sitting, if you can picture it, in my parents' um, in the kitchen area, 
There was a place where there was a couch, and then the back door was right there. The funeral director came in to take my father's body out. We're playing Solace, a song you'll hear in a minute. My sister Tina said, as he's being wheeled out of the house, stand up. Your daddy's passing by. Wow. You know what she's quoting? From To Kill a Mockingbird. That's right. After Atticus loses the case, mm-hmm. all the people... Up in the upper... They're up in up the, balcony. the balcony, right? And Scout is just kind of looking through, you know, the, the, the balcony. And, and the pastor says... And, you know, Atticus is packing up his bags and he's starting to walk out of the courtroom. And they all stand up out of respect for what mm-hmm. he tried to do. Yeah. Um, and he says, Scout, stand up. Your daddy's passing by. Wow. So my sister said that to me, and I'm like, you are killing me. <laughs> so, yeah. But it was really, it was perfect. Yeah. It really was perfect. So why don't we listen to Scott Joplin's Solace.
There we go. Solace. Uh, written in 1909, and uh, Scott Joplin, of course, is the composer. Uh, unfortunately, on this recording that we have, they, they don't mention the name of the piano player, who was awesome. I mean, I just like this guy very, very much. It's on a, um, a CD called Classic Gold, and it's on, uh, uh, let's see, on the Excelsior label. Um, so uh, whether you can get it or not nowadays, I don't even know. All I know is that it's really a fine recording, and I'm glad that you brought it in, sister. Oh, yeah, it's fun to listen to. You know, when we when we hear, I'll just go real quickly yeah. with Solace, because Solace is such a, a beautiful piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's There's a certain stateliness about it, which uh, takes us on a journey. If if we just like sort of fall into the uh the melody and the and the 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 beat and the and the you know it's going somewhere and it just takes our heart somewhere and I understand why he calls it solace. Yeah. But the now why Joplin called it solace personally we'll never know because very little is known about him. Mm-hmm. In truth, I mean he had a he had a, a short a very brief life. I think he died when he was 48 years old mm. yeah. uh and uh lived lived a, a hard time but um, was a um a very creative man, and he did. I mean, he was known, absolutely known, for for his uh, his rags, ragtime, and and he's actually, I guess, if you look at it carefully, he's one of the inventors of jazz, of American jazz. There would yeah. not be jazz without Scott Joplin. I know that's it's something awesome. to be able to say. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm so glad you brought this in. Yeah, because it is a beautiful piece. So we're gonna change gears a little bit here. Okay, sure. And we're gonna go to you know, if you just tuned in, this whole show is dedicated to my father. And this is also one of his favorite songs. And this is Aaron Copeland's Fanfare for the Common Man. Okay. The thing I love about this song is when you hear this song, you kind of go, well, that doesn't sound common to me. That sounds extraordinary to me. Oh, yes. And that's how I think it's, it exemplifies in a certain way. My father, you know, you think, oh, he's kind of just a regular guy. But to me, he was... Outstanding. Yes. You know, yes. my father was, um, he was my hero, really, yeah. you know, in as, so many as, ways. And well, it should be. Yeah. And well, it should be. Um, you know, our fathers are, are so important in our lives. I think uh, as I get older, uh, my father becomes greater as a person. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, all of a sudden I realize, boy, he was really right about that. He gets wiser and wiser as I right, get older. Right. But when you were a teenager, older. you didn't think oh, that. I, oh, I had no you, idea. You know nah, everything, not, not right? Not a clue. We know not absolutely everything. But, you know, the other thing, my father really had a love for the disadvantaged, for the poor. And I remember, um, you know, just going to different places, like especially during Thanksgiving and helping him to deliver, you know, baskets or whatever. And he never looked for a pat on the back about that. He didn't like to talk about himself. Mm-hmm. So maybe he doesn't like the fact that I'm doing this show. I don't know. But anyway, but he... But nothing's going to stop you, sister. You're going to do that's it. That's right. Yeah, that's you right. I'm going to do it because he's worth honoring. And anyway... I'm looking forward to seeing him again soon. Oh, maybe not soon. Not you know, too so soon. We got we to hang soon. in here for a little bit. You know, I think we have another show scheduled for next week. Okay, I'll know, be so. I'll be back. All I think. right, all right. I hope so, so this yeah. is Aaron Copeland's fanfare for the common man. So get ready to be sort of knocked out of your seat. All right. Are you ready?
welcome back to Notes from Above, the program that explores the intersection of music and faith. And I'm your co-host, Deacon Tom Lowy. And I'm Sister Sarah Burdick. And the first half of the show was dedicated to my dear father, Robert Burdick. And the second half is... It's all up for grabs. It's this up for grabs. Fun. Well, you but you well, produced this, and actually, I, I think did. I think we're going in a direction with this. There's uh, another with reason. this, uh, yeah, this and, second half of Notes from Above. Right. Um, we just heard a piece called Freedom uh, by um, uh, Michael W. Smith, a, a famous famous Christian artist. Uh, this is a, a, a fully instrumental recording uh, that that he put out back in I want to say that's about 2000. Yeah, it was released in 2000, and uh, it's. Um, it is pretty remarkable. A uh, couple things to point out real quickly. Um, the uh, you, you heard a very interesting I- uh, instrument, and that was the uh, the Ilian pipes. Um, uh, that was the, the kind of like the uh, the flute that we heard in there. Okay, is the Ilian pipes, and and it was done by. Um, let me see if we got that here. That is David Downs from Dublin. Okay. Well, you know, don't you make me go there. You see. <laughs> And it probably is the, is the Irish, uh, you know, uh, radio orchestra playing on that as well. Well, yeah. maybe that's why I love it so much. You know, <laughs> had to know. But so I've always loved the CD. Yeah. And the name of the CD is Freedom, and that was the title track, Freedom. And I never really paid attention as to why is it called Freedom. Okay. Until yesterday. Just yesterday, I noticed that this particular album is dedicated to a friend of Michael W. Smith who passed away in 2000. Carol Ann Lee is her name. Uh, it was a horseback riding accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he dedicated this album to her, her husband and her children. And he says it was a privilege to walk with Carol Ann. And he says he was very inspired by the way she lived passionately for Christ. She died peacefully. And he said her joy touched all she met. Her encouragement to me was constant and inspiring. And then he says, you know, right now, Carol Ann, you know the freedom that we all long for. See you soon. That's what I want to say. That's what I want to say to my dad. You know the freedom that we're longing for. See you soon. That's right. And I think the, the key on that is longing for. Yes. You know, we should never cease to long for Christ, mm-hmm. ever. You know, he, right. he's, uh, you know, he's the source of love and mercy. You know, sometimes in, when life gets really hard, we go, well, where are you, Lord? And that's really, that, I mean, it's human. Understandable, right? It's human, right. We have, yep. to, we, have to some, we have to go and do that. And the reason we say that, though, is because we know that there's something better than where we're at. Where we're at is like really, mm-hmm. really lousy. And, and yet, you know, mm-hmm. where are you, Lord? Well, the Lord is where the goodness is. That's what we long for. We long. Yeah. For that goodness, that we beauty, do. that uh, uh, that peace, that uh, uh, and when I say peace, I'm talking about no more pain, mm-hmm. no more no more trial, no, no more m- suffering. Yeah, yeah, you know, right. That's a promise. It is a promise, and you know, Deacon Tom, I I talk to my students about this pretty regularly. I'll say, you guys, is there something that you absolutely you just love? You just love something, and they might say, yeah, you know, what? Oh, I love I love pizza, I love chocolate, I love you know whatever. And I said, do you ever say, you know what, I'm, I'm really sick of it now. I'm sick of pizza. I'm sick of what I loved here. Why do we get sick of the things that we, quote, love? It's because those things are finite and we're made for the infinite. So that's why we long for something better. Oh, say that again. That's so good. Okay. Yes. So we can get, we, we can love like, oh my gosh, give me a hot fudge sundae with hot caramel and pecans. Doesn't that sound good right now? Yes, it does, okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, you know, like, oh, I could just eat those for the rest of my life. And well, you know, by, 
you know, tomorrow night. I'm like, I can't eat any more of those. I hope I never see that again. You know, things that we love that we might get tired of. Well, why is that? It's because those are finite things, and we're made for the infinite. That's right. That's what we're made for. That you know, or or that which is we're, we're natural people. We live in the yes. natural world, right? But but Christ is supernatural, right? Uh, above and and yet that's part of who we are. Yeah. Okay. As sons and daughters of Christ, we are part of that supernatural. That's the promise that's offered to us, and that's the direction that we go in. Uh, it it surpasses that which is natural. Surpasses yeah. it. It's, it's greater than. Right. And yet it's as real as, and more than, it's more real. Right, exactly. It's super real. It's absolutely real. Yeah. You know, and that's why, you know, Deacon Tom on this program, we do this a lot. You know, we, we have fun, we joke around, um, but we also want to bring hope to people. Because, you know, just even in the last few days, I and I won't tell all the sad stories that I've heard, but stories that have ended in in death, whether, you know, it's from a terminal disease or a freak accident, two actually freak accidents, you know, and what, you know, is that sad? You bet. Do we grieve? Yes, we grieve so much because we love and never say to somebody that's grieving, aren't you over that yet? That's the worst thing that you could say. You don't get over it. You know, the pain lessens over time, but the ache, the ache is always there, Right. Right. But what I want to do in the show is I want to impart hope, and I just try to remind people, we're not staying here. We're just passing through. You know, Paul talks about that in, in 2 Corinthians. You know, this light momentary affliction is preparing us for eternal glory and eternal weight of glory. Right. So we want to hold on to that hope that is to come. Right. We are pilgrims on a journey. Yeah. And uh, and that is that's another way of seeing who we are and where we are. Right. Okay. We are just on a journey. Mm-hmm. It just keeps going. And uh, but sometimes it feels like it, it's not going anywhere, or or it has come to a stop. Yeah. Uh, those those are the painful moments. You know, that's when tragedy becomes real. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's. Uh, uh, you know, my heart goes out to people who go through those things. Yeah. Because I know I've gone through them. I know, sister, you have as well. We were just talking about your dad. You yeah. know, you know, we, there are people that we love. God gave them to us because right. we were able to love them and they were yeah. able to love us. And so it, there was a, a bond that was created that is so beautiful that can never be broken. Right. Ever yeah. be broken. In fact, I suspect that because it comes from God that it is eternal. Yeah. And, you know, so anybody that's listening, you know, if you've experienced a, a loss, you know, a loss of a loved one, a child, whatever, or whoever it may be, I just want you to know, you know, we're praying for you. You're not alone. And if you feel like God has abandoned me or if you feel like I'm angry with God for whatever, let me tell you something. God can handle your anger. He can handle it. You can't handle it, but he can handle it. Oh, so that's a good way of looking at it, too. Right? Yeah, I can't handle this I anymore. I cannot, you know. Yeah, right. But, but God can handle it. So don't be afraid. Don't give up on God. That's He's right. not going to give up on you. Amen. So we're going to listen to another song from the CD called Freedom. And this is this song is actually called Carol Ann. So oh, it's dedicated tribute. to his friend.
that is such a beautiful composition. That's by Michael W. Smith from a recording called Freedom that was released back in the uh, in the year 2000. Uh, it features a number of things. First of all, uh, Michael W. is on the piano, and I'll tell you, that is a wonderful performance. It has the uh, Irish Film Orchestra under the direction of Catriona Walsh. And, uh, it is, uh, the, the, in the, in the middle of it, we heard a beautiful violin, uh, and that is, uh, Marie Bretnach, uh, also from Dublin. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just beautiful. And the name of the piece, of course, is called Carol Ann, and, uh, it is, uh, uh, this whole recording is dedicated to his friend Carol Ann, who died suddenly and unexpectedly, and, uh, was much loved. Right. So how do we bring hope to people who, who lose loved ones, you know, someone, um, maybe someone who dies of a um, cardiac arrest or, uh, yeah, or an accident like Carol Ann's was, you know, a horseback riding accident. Um, it's so important that we give comfort and hope. And sometimes I think one of the best things to do is just to be with the person. Don't even say anything. Mm-hmm. Just be with them. Right. I agree. I, I think uh, as as a deacon, I'm often, uh, uh, I often go to funeral homes and I do burials and that type of stuff. So I, I do see people in grief uh, and uh, it, it's, yeah, being present mm-hmm. is, is very important. Very, just being there, yeah, you know, be there. I, I saw you there. Yeah. Just that, that how, how important that is to somebody who is grieving is, is unbelievable. If you do uh, have to say something, you can't tell them, I know what it's like. No, don't, you don't, don't, no, don't you go don't. there. Mm-mm. No, no, the, the, the most important thing you can do is say, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. And mean it, you know, and mean it. And, and, yeah. uh, because that's what they need to hear, you know, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, it's, they will go through all sorts of trial. As we all do when someone uh, important in our life is is gone, all of a sudden we have we now have to go through that that uh, rigorous process. It's not an easy one, you know. We have mm-hmm. to suffer, and we mm-hmm. there are good days and bad days. And yeah. uh, on the on the good days, that's that's a blessing. And on the bad days, it's just like oh, it just came back again. I got to live with it. You I know? call those uh, grief attacks, right? You know. But you know, here's the other thing too, and I I will say this: uh, if someone you know is suffering from uh, an unexpected death, in particular, but even even someone who has been with someone for a really long time, and all of a sudden they're no longer in that person's life, um, spend some time with them after the fact. Follow up, right? Oh yeah. Follow up. Just That's you know, so important. And call up and say, "How you doing? I've been thinking about you." Yeah. Oh, what a good thing to say to somebody, especially right. you, you might catch them in the midst of grief. Yeah. Uh, you know. Yeah, I've been thinking about you, and what's their mm. response? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because yeah. they need to be able to say thank you. Thank you is a positive thing to say, mm-hmm. and and you want to encourage that as best you can. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then offer to take them out to lunch. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Anybody want to take me out to lunch? I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm going to set up this next song. Okay. And now we're going to go to another one of my favorite artists, who's Stephen Curtis Chapman. Oh, I love this guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, actually, my sister Liz introduced me to this particular album. The album is called Speechless. And he wrote this song, which is called With Hope. I'm going to read some of the words. It's this. This is not at all how we thought it was supposed to be. Who could stop right there, right? We had so many plans for you. We had so many dreams. I think in particular, he was writing this for um, a mother and father who lost a child. And now you've gone away and left us with the memories of your smile. And nothing we can say, nothing we can do can take away the pain, the pain of losing you. 
And then he goes on. Everything is with hope. He says, we can cry with hope, say goodbye with hope, because we know that our goodbye is not the end. We can grieve with hope, because we believe with hope by God's grace. It's a beautiful song. And if, you know, if you're interested, you could actually even go on to, to YouTube. There's a, a music video that goes with the song. So we'll listen to With Hope by Stephen Curtis Chapman.
we go. Man, I love that. I do. I just think that's a great piece. Uh, that's from uh, uh, Stephen Curtis Chapman's recording called Speechless. It was released in uh, 1999, and it's on the Sparrow label. Uh, you know, I, I'm going to say this about, about Stephen Curtis Chapman, and we can talk more about the, the song in just a second, but he always plays with the very best. He just does, and, mm-hmm. and he's a great composer. He really knows how to write a song. Uh, we follow him very carefully when he sings because he just has a way of telling us something that we need to hear, and we listen to every single word. That's that's talent. We follow him, but we've never been able to interview him. No, not we yet. have not. Oh, yeah, get on love, that, Deacon yeah, Tom. Okay, yeah, get Let's on the phone. get him on here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, our last song is also by Stephen Curtis Chapman from the same recording called Speechless. I highly recommend this whole recording. Um, This is called Be Still and Know, which comes from a psalm. Do you want to try to guess which psalm so you can win the car? Oh, oh boy. Uh, uh, What uh, number system are we using? (laughs) (laughs) Just give it to me, sister. I can take it. It's Psalm 46 is where this comes from. And I'll just give you the bookends of this psalm. It says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. That's something you could think about for a long time. Oh, yeah. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. And then this particular verse, be still and know, is from verse 10 of the same psalm, Psalm 46. Be still and know that I am God. That's easier said than done. Oh, yeah. Be still and know that I am God. You're not. (laughs) Be still. She's looking right at me, folks. Well, me too. (laughs) I mean, to be still, you know. Is, can be very difficult, but hopefully you'll you'll like this song as well, and it will instill some peace and hope. And don't forget, we're not staying here; we're just passing through. Amen. Thank you for listening to Notes from Above. Be still, be speechless.
Yeah.